Yo, what's up? It's Aiden Tucker Jones. You listen to Sitting Under a Tree for Monday. It's Monday today. Normally Tuesday. Fuck it. I'm gonna. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this is already a nightmare. I'm gonna release this on. Fuck it. I'm gonna release it on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve special. If I could. Oh, can I get the sound of some of these fucking? Oh dear, decorations. Let's do the sounds of decorations. La 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 I mean, I wonder how that's gonna come out. That was me just jamming the mic into my Christmas tree. Um It's it's Christmas, man. And I am by myself in my house with no shirt on. My legs are sweaty. Welcome. Um, I got my tea. It's the day, like, all right, what have I, today's actually been a, a lovely day. I don't know, man. Oh, good old tea. You'll never kill yourself on Christmas, will you? <laughs> um, it's like, I've, I don't even know if it's Christmas. I just, I, being alone just on any evening without comedy, it feels strange. It just feels strange. I feel strange right now. Um, like, normally I'm out at a gig. And if I'm not, I don't know. I've, I feel like I want to hang out with someone. But I also feel like that is just a reflex. But maybe it's maybe I want to hang out with someone because it's Christmas and that adds an extra pressure to it. You know, like if this was just a normal Monday night... I, w- I would just be like, well, I'll just stay in and I will make a positive decision and not do anything. But tonight, like, uh, like Blake's not here because he went to hang out with his sister, but I've got, a, I'm having breakfast with some mates tomorrow morning on Christmas Day and then I'm flying out to Adelaide in the evening. Um, so, and like everyone else is doing family shit, you know? So like, I just, I have nothing to do. So I have no options and I want to have options. I like... I want to be, if I'm alone, it's my choice. I made the decision to be alone. That, I think, is why I'm uncomfortable. I don't know, is it? Yeah, it's like a control thing. Getting pretty deep to start off with. Um, I like Christmas, though, man. I like the, like, even just today. So today I went out to um, Lilydale in, like, the northeast of Melbourne. It's, like, far, it's at the end of one of the train lines. The only reason I went out there is because someone said it was nice I think yesterday, they were just like, oh, Lilydale's nice, and I was like, well, that's where I'm going today, uh, caught the train out there, oh, did not get a fine, oh my god, so stoked, some Christmas cheer, I think this dude just let me off, I didn't get, oh, you know, like, Melbourne Public Transport, 90% of the time, I'm not fucking tapping my card on, <laughs> am I a good citizen, um, yeah, um, and today I hadn't tapped on and I got the, the train out and uh, the fucking dudes checking the thing came on and I just, I've changed my tack, man. I, I don't know. I used to be like, pretend that I forgot or that something was wrong and then try and be a dick to them because I was like, well, your job should be shit because I hate it. Like, what's the point, you know? I don't know, I just had some sort of fucking anger, but in the end of the day, I'm the one not paying, so why am I angry at them for doing their job, even if, like, the, the, the people in Melbourne who check tickets have, like, a bad rep, I think, because they've used undue force in the past, but I've never fucking seen that, really, 
it just, you know, you get all self-righteous with your ego and you're like, you're telling me off for something that I don't want to do. But it's like, I don't know, man, it's their fucking job. So I've changed, you know, not that recently. It's been a few years now. But I've changed. So now when I don't get caught, when I get caught not having my ticket, I'm just like, yeah, man, I didn't, I didn't fucking have any money on my thing. And so I didn't touch in and now I didn't, you know, that. So, so give me a fine, I guess. Um, and the guy today, there was, a, they come on like, you know, they all, like three or four of them come into the carriage and the guy who checked my thing, his like part, they like start on opposite ends, two at one, two at the other end of the carriage and they fucking close in like a pincer movement, like Napoleon getting pincered by the English at the Battle of Waterloo. That's how I feel. 1812. Yeah, I'm a fucking history genius. <laughs> a history genius. That's like uh, that's like no critical thinking, just remembering dates. If you're a history genius, you're not a real genius. You're just good at like, yeah. I remember one time in school, our fucking uh, we used to have in like year eight. There was like a gifted and talented education class, but actually it was just whoever could fucking. It was like a random test that really didn't mean anything. The guy was kind of an eccentric who ran the class. I'm going way off topic. I'm going way off topic, guys. All right. <laughs> off the beaten track, brushing away twigs and branches and shit. Um, we used to, um, yeah, this gifted and talented education class that I was in just in year eight was run by this PhD of psychology dude called Dr. Young and he was an eccentric dude and he got fired after that one year because I guess he wasn't teaching us anything other than just kind of profound but like pointless lessons about life. I, it was very inspiring. It was like, you know, captain, my captain thing. Um, uh, I remember one time he was trying to make a point about memory. I've told this story to people before. He, uh, he got out an Elmo doll from under his desk and he goes, so like, he goes, people, you remember things because they're different or out of the ordinary. Like, think of any maths lesson you've ever had. They're always the same. Of course, you know what happens in them, but you can't recall a detail from anyone. But if I uh, do something crazy right now, pulls out an Elmo doll from under his desk and starts punching it in the face, he goes, you're going to remember this forever because it's never happened before and it's really weird. And I'm using that to communicate the point that I'm making to you about memory. And we all just sat there going, why is he hitting an Elmo doll? But I'd, I remember, don't I? Um, so that was the kind of dude this guy was. And one one class, he had us in there. And he was just giving us, like, just random te like questions, like a quiz. And if you got a question right, you got a little chocolate or, like, 50 cents or something. He would just give us money sometimes. <laughs> it sounds unsavory, but it was actually great. Uh, <laughs> um... He, uh, yeah, it was like a quiz, but it was like real hard questions. So if you got one right, I think there was sometimes he would just give out like five bucks or like 20 bucks, you know? Um, but anyway, he, he asked one question. It was what was, what year was the great fire of London? And just like a reflex. I knew that cause I fucking used to get these where's Wally little magazines about history when I was a kid. So I knew it. I was like 1666 and everyone turned around at me like, Whoa. And that I felt like I was a fucking genius. But at the end of the day, it's just history. It's just a random fact. It doesn't mean you're smart or have critical thinking skills. It just means that 1666, very easy year to remember, <laughs> to be honest. And where's Wally's History of the World? Great series from the fucking late 90s put together by the Adelaide Advertiser, I believe. 
<sighs> anyway, what was I talking about? <laughs> History, genius, fuck. Um, something about getting fined on the tram. Getting fined on the tram. Oh, yeah, the Battle of Waterloo shit. Oh, we made it back. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know when I listen to podcasts, if they forget the story that they were telling originally, I fucking... It, it's so infuriating. It's the worst thing ever. Um, so the fact that we made it back after that insane detour, oh, I'm stoked. Take a look at the path, guys. Isn't that nice? Feel the gravel under your feet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What's up, bro? <laughs> that was terrifying. <laughs> Dave Campbell just um, just came into my house because the door's open because that's how I fucking live. And because um, that's how I live. <laughs> Who do I think I am? Um, uh, we had a party at the weekend and he, um, he, uh, he left his jacket here. Oh. And then we had a brief discussion because, um, well, I mean, I'll just talk about the party for a bit. The party was so lovely. Um, the whole point was at our housewarming, I was like, I want to put some food on for people. Um, and, uh, I mean, you might even remember if you listened to the podcast from back in May. Um, and I was like pretty ha- like I put on, la- I got a lamb shoulder and I put it in the oven and, uh, got some buns and, and made mint sauce and whatever. But I, I think I did it too early last time. And I also, um, like I just, I had it on the fucking table inside and so when people came and, and hung out outside, it wasn't like obvious that there was food and whatever. And um, it just, I, I was a little disappointed that the food that I made wasn't as obviously there for people. So this party, much to Blake's fucking reluctance, we put the stuff outside. Uh, we put like the table outside and then I started bringing, and I put the food on later. So it was ready at like eight. Rather than, you know, like five in the afternoon. Put it at eight. So people were already there. People were drinking. I bought out some some gyoza. Yeah? Which is the word that I use to, to, for dumplings. Because insanely, I always forget the word dumplings. But I don't forget the word gyoza. Um, I put on some, some fucking vegetarian gyoza. Um, put them out as like little fucking starters, you know? Some people bought some nice cheeses. Uh, sexy bread, which... Um, was a term coined by uh, the great Jacqueline Mifsud, sexy bread. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Um, and then when I brought the lamb out, it was like people were ready for it and it was a thing that was exciting, you know? Um, and it fucking, it got the reaction that I wanted, which was just excitement from people and people were buzzed on it, you know? That's what I wanted. I wanted to make food for my friends and then bring it out and have them be excited about it. Um, so that was just great. And that put me in the greatest mood. I was like, I'm entertaining. Look at me entertaining. That's the thing. I always, when we moved into this place, I always wanted to have a place that I would be proud to invite people to and have them at, you know? (sighs) So that was like, the party was just great. I mean, it was the same amount of people. There were probably like 20, 25 people. But it was, um... It was just a a nice vibe and I was more kind of content with it than the effort back in May for our housewarming. Um, Also coupled with the fact that we found out we don't need to leave our house because the lease finishes, but we just go to a month-to-month lease. Who who cares about that? Um, 
later on at like 1am, everyone was getting pretty boozy and Dave Campbell and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Angus Hodge, um, fucking two comics from Adelaide. Well, Angus Hodge kind of quit comedy cause he's a coward. And actually <laughs> one of the people who, when they quit, you're like sick, you're so much more fun to hang with now. Cause you're not freaking out about how everyone thinks about you and blah, blah, blah. Oh, Angus, Angus Hodge since quitting comedy, the greatest dude ever. <laughs> um so um yeah they were real drunk and they were like they're good mates so they were fucking wrestling in our lounge room and long story short they um put a hole through our fucking drywall which is hilarious and uh I mean it's it's great because they're friends and we know them and we're friends and they were like as soon as they did it they were like oh we'll totally pay for that you know so um that's totally fine and as soon as that, I was able to laugh at it. And now I'm kind of stoked that there was... And there's a video of it. Oh, there's totally a video of it. Fuck, I'll put that as a little extra to this pod. Yes, Merry Christmas. You get a video of our mates fighting and putting a hole in our wall. I'll put it up on my fucking Instagram. Oh, that'll be great, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that'll be the most... I'll put it up on my Instagram to go with this. So if you're listening, go on my Instagram and fucking check it out. Oh, that really scared me when he just came round then. I'm, I'm like sitting on the floor and I'm sweating. I'm not wearing a shirt. It just, <laughs> I feel very pathetic, you know? I'm very vulnerable. I'm talking to myself now. I'm a vulnerable boy. Um, anyway, I didn't get a fine on the train. Remember that story? <laughs> um, yeah, the dude came up and like, because they did the pin... Oh, get back to it. This is what it was. Oh my God. What a fucking nightmare of structure this podcast is. Um, I was... Uh, I was in the, like, sitting in my seat, and they come in in twos in the pincer movement in the carriage, and my guy who checked my thing was first, and the lady with him was, like, checking someone else's ticket, and I said, like, hey, man, I don't have any money on it, I just, you know, I didn't touch on, um, and he, like, kind of looked around and was just, like, eh, and just gave it back, and I was, like, and he didn't say anything, he wasn't, like, Merry Christmas, or, like, or, like, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't like be nice to your mother or whatever like he didn't come with any caveats and he just did it this is a nice thing to do i remember one time in london that happened and in london there is no rotting of the fucking public transport system no 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 um because and it's insane that they don't have this here all the stations have you know the fucking doors so if you can't touch your fucking your card on then the door doesn't open so you just can't t- there's no person to be like oh man i'm really sorry no they just go like well it's too bad man you don't have any money so you can't ride the train <laughs> which is like a bummer of a system but i don't know maybe it's necessary um i remember one day i you can go behind people but also the doors like shut real quick so it's even hard to go like real close to someone and go in behind them you know it's possible especially with the disabled doors because they're kind of bigger for wheelchairs you know um so you can go in behind them (laughs) but but no one really does it because it's just it's it's long it's like such a huge effort to fucking rot the system over there and um I remember one day I'd gone in because I didn't, I literally had no, like no money at all in my life. And, uh, the guy was standing there to go out and I like went and didn't have any money on my thing. 
and he just looked around and was like, oh, my good deed for the day, man, and, and tapped me out. And that was very lovely. It's really nice when people do those nice things for you. Isn't it nice when people do nice things? God, I'm a fucking piece of shit. Um, I guess I should recap on the year. What's the, it's the 24th today. Nah, I'll do a podcast. Oh, am I doing a podcast on, on fucking New Year's Eve? Fuck, that'd be sick. Did I do that last year? I don't think I did. I am doing a podcast on New Year's Eve. Oh, that's delightful. Well, I don't need to recap my year then, do I? Um, I did do 500 gigs though, that's done. I did my 500th gig last night. I did three last night and the last one was Stay Gold. And, um, oh man, (laughs) yesterday I had two awful gigs and one okay gig. Um, I did, uh, I did King Kong at, uh, at Little Mess cause I needed that 40 bucks. Did that. Um, wait, no, no, New Year's Eve is Monday. How can I, how can, <laughs> how, how A, can I not read a calendar and B, did it take me fucking 45 minutes to figure out that I'd got that wrong. Not 45 minutes, but like two. I looked at it and was like, yep, that's a Tuesday. And then my brain fucking struggled through the gears for two minutes until finally going, actually, mate, that's a Monday. We're fucked up there. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, I did the, I needed the money at Little Mess um, on the Sunday um, yesterday uh, so I did that, and there were like the the people in the audience were. There was a group of four, and then a, and then two ladies. There was a group of four, two guys, two girls, and there were two ladies. The ladies very quickly packed up their fucking their camp and went back into the main part of the bar because um, I did okay at the top, but the lineup was not a lot of experience um, for most of the lineup. So you know. And then uh, the other people, though, were the loveliest crew. Two dudes and two ladies and uh, got chatting to them at the start and found out that the guys were strippers and the ladies are the admin team for the company who, you know, sorts out the strippers. And they were, it was one of the, it was the owner who was one of the ladies. It was her fucking birthday. So they were just there having a drink and then the comedy came on and... Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. The comedy was horrific. There were like there were a handful of decent acts who did her right, and everyone else was just struggling through it. But once it became apparent that the people were on board and they weren't gonna leave, it pepped the acts up, and these strip people were just going up and standing in front of their table. I don't know. It wasn't necessarily a bad night, but man, it felt weird. It didn't leave me with the buzz of like, I just did comedy because I was emceeing the whole thing. So every, you know, it just was a fucking trial. And then like another four people came in about 20 minutes toward the end of the show and and sat down and then saw what was happening and within five minutes walked back out again. (laughs) So that was bad. And then um, I go to fucking uh, the show at Voltaire and... um, the MC there was really kind of struggling up the top and I was first. And uh, this is, I mean, 
It was just a bad day of gigs. I get there and, uh, yeah, I go on stage and the MC's like just struggled. So people are like, oh, is this going to be a good show or what? And I'm thinking in my head, like, I just got to take control. So I go to grab the mic out of the stand. It doesn't come out. So I yank it and then the mic comes out, but the stand goes to like tip over. So I go to grab the bottom of it with my foot, pull it back and it comes and hits me in the face. And everyone laughed at that. But then, you know, they've just seen someone not do well as an MC for 10 minutes. And then they've just seen the first act come up and hit himself in the face with a fucking mic stand. So the 15 people in there were going like, oh, we've all made a mistake in coming to this show. This is not going to be good. And it took me fucking five minutes of just doing jokes to, you know, whatever. I have an egg on my face. Not an egg, you know what I mean? Like, people call it that. I've got a fucking bump. On my, it's like uh, right outside of the eye socket, right eye. Um, yeah, it hurts like a bit tender. I really fucking spanked myself. The brutal part was they all laughed at that, of course. Like it's very funny, and then I thought like, oh, that's got them to like me now. I've endeared myself to them. But no, it just made me think that it made them think that I had no fucking idea what I was doing. So they laughed at that and then didn't laugh again for like five minutes. <laughs> uh. But, uh, yeah, I did stay gold, whatever, whatever. Who cares? I want to do a song. We're doing a song? Hell yeah, we're doing a song. Song for this week. Um, I don't even know what made me... Oh, I went and... Uh, why was I thinking of this song? I just popped into my head. I, I didn't know really this song. I'd, like, heard it a few times before. But the Gypsy Kings is the band. And they popped into my head the other day. I can't even remember why. I just thought of the song Bamboela. Bamboela, Bamboela. Whatever. And then so I looked up the Gypsy Kings and I was just listening to their Spotify thing. And this song came up, Ami Manera. And oh my God, is it beautiful. How? Fuck, it's an amazing song. I did a bit of research into it. So the song is uh, Ami Manera is, is, is Spanish for my way. And evidently, uh, the song is an old standard uh, in English because there's video of, uh, of Elvis Presley doing it. There's video of Frank Sinatra doing it. And then there's all a bunch of new age, like corny, you know. You know when they get like a bunch of like vocalists and... What are they? It's not a boy band. It's like those dudes who smile too much. They're like old guys. There's one video in particular I'm thinking of where there's like four old guys and I guess they're all like, you know, big opera singers or tenors or basses, you know, like, I don't know if that's strictly opera, but when you're calling yourself, you're like, I'm a tenor, I'm a bass singer or, you know, they're just singers and there's a group of four of them and they all have these fucking creepy ass smiles attached to their like used car, car salesman fucking smiles and white teeth and their hair slicked back and they all have the same look. They got, they're like white dudes with with fucking slick back, dark, like, like, dark brown or black hair or whatever, it's creepy, it's like, it's the, it's like the old people's version of a boy band, it's like they made boy bands for teenage girls, and then they make these boy bands for like, you know, 60 year old people, and they sing weird songs <laughs> from 50 years ago, <laughs> I saw a video of those dudes singing Ami Manera and it made my fucking skin crawl. It's no good. But the the Gypsy Kings version is beautiful. 
And I don't even like the words to the English version. It's a, the Spanish words are they're way different. Like the English version is all about like I did it my way, and like Frank Sinatra. I don't really like his version either. Elvis, nah. I mean, I'm sure people love it because they grew up with it or whatever. But I just the lyrics are too. They're I'm sure they are corny in Spanish, but because Spanish, I don't have an intuitive fucking understanding of what I could. I just know what the words mean. You know, I don't know what they f- actually fucking deep down mean right but in english um i think that it's, they just mean different things as well in english the song talks about like i did my life and i did all these things and i fought all these battles and i did it my way whereas in spanish the song's just talking about like i know you're not going to come back uh but i want to live anyway and i want to live my way but it's like they're very short lines like the the version that gypsy kings do it's like four or five words to a line you know so it's like more of a poem rather than someone telling you stuff in in key you know um but the video that does it if you if you like the song right the song's amazing if you like the song go on a youtube and find look up ami manera gypsy kings live 2018 the recent one because the gypsy kings if you don't know them are like an old like they're i guess from the 80s maybe um my mom's been listening to them for years. <coughs> um, yeah, like Hispanic people. I don't know where they're from. Let's find out where the fucking Gypsy Kings are from. Um, Gypsy Kings. Oh, God. Some of that tea just went down the wrong way. Gypsy. Oh, it started raining. Oh, yeah. is it raining? No, I'm a psycho. It's not raining. The fucking, there's just a noise. <laughs> And I'm like, it's raining. Um, flamenco, salsa, but, 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 oh, they're from France. Okay. Gypsy Kings are from a group of flamenco, salsa, pop musicians from Arles and Montpellier in, in the south of France who perform in Andalusian Spanish. Born in France, mostly Gitanos, Spanish gypsies who fled Catalonia during the 1930s Spanish Civil War. Oh, that's a lot of fun. All right. But, um... Yeah, so they're, you know, they're like, from my mum, I guess they were big in the 80s, um, but the video of them from 2018, it's like new, like, it's because they were so big then, they're still performing, but they're all old now. So the guy, and they look so, they're the kind of, they have the kind of, like, Hispanic male body that I'm terrified is fucking coming after me, like an axe murderer in the dark. Um, just like real squat, no neck, not, not a neck in sight on that stage, not a fucking inch of neck on that stage. Um, and, uh, like, you know, short, fat, whatever. And funny, like half their crowd is that as well. (laughs) Half the dudes in the crowd, it's just, they must, they must halve the capacity of any theater they're in because their whole audience is just fucking such a huge surface area <laughs> and it's all the dudes um <laughs> so um the, the video of 2018 like he's old and his voice is kind of going as well because he has like a he always had like a bit of a raspy voice but he's old he's got silver hair now and it's slicked back 
and uh, you can see him sweating. He's kind of struggling through it. He can't really hit those high notes anymore, but he's still giving it everything. And he's got the backing singers to kind of lift the note with, you know. So he, a lot of the times, is kind of screaming atonally, and the singers behind him are giving the singing, the to- which is pretty funny. Um, but it's still an amazing song, and it sounds like it's the end of their set. And uh, there's this lady. It's done in two verses with a solo in the middle. Um, and the two, ver- like the verse one, verse two, it's the same, same words. And this lady at the end of the first verse, she's in the crowd and it just, she's like older. She must be in her fifties. She's all made up. She's got like, you know, nice makeup on. And, um, and she's like wearing her nice going out to see the gypsy Kings clothes. And, uh, the camera goes onto her towards the, cl- the climax of the first verse. And she's got like tears in her eyes and she's like, has her hand over her mouth as she sings the words, and it just, fuck me, man. Like, that's what it's about, you know? Oh, I really like it. I have this image of, like, because she's old, I guess, and because they're old, and because it feels like it's the end of whatever set they were playing, it feels like it's the end of an entire thing. It feels like, I've been saying this to people, uh, but never out loud, and I bet it's going to come out real wanky and I'm going to hate it. It feels like they're singing it for the last time and she's been waiting for her whole life because she's old she's clearly loves them so much and loves this song and is so excited to hear it and she's singing the words and she's like this is my moment and she starts crying and uh it just feels like a fucking ending but it's like sweet and that's kind of what the song is as well Uh, go watch the fucking video man it's absolutely beautiful um, and it's just a, it's a beautiful song. I've le- legit, I've probably listened to it like, oh, easy 50 times since, since like rediscovering it on Thursday. Easy, easy 50 times. I'm so excited for Christmas tomorrow though. So excited for Christmas tomorrow. I made, uh, at the party as well, man, fucking Luca Muller. Melbourne comic Luca Muller, very close to upstaging me, dangerously close to upstaging me food-wise with his fucking cob loaf as he came into the party. Rocked up. The lamb was pretty much done. Like, the lamb had been fucking picked to shreds by the time he got here at, like, maybe 9.30, 10, something like that. And he came in with, I didn't know it was called a cob loaf, but it's like, you know, big loaf of bread, cut the top off, put a bunch of dip in there, put the top back on, throw it in the oven, blah, 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 blah. And uh, he came in with that and people started getting into it and man, it, it was a hit. There was not a crumb of that left after like an hour of him rocking up at the party. And uh, I was a little bit jealous. I was 100% a little bit jealous of how well Lucas' food went considering I put fucking... <laughs> I went down to Preston Markets on the train, like on bus and then the train. So it was like two hour round trip and then another hour hanging out there and getting the meat and, you know, having a coffee and whatever. So three hours in the morning, come back here, prep the lamb and then five hours in the oven, basically a whole day and he comes in with his fucking cob loaf. Tell you what, mate, I almost put him on the fucking floor as soon as he stepped into my house. No, it was so lovely. The cob loaf was a hit and I'm making one because it was such a sick recipe. Um, which he evidently got out of a cookbook from the 70s. I don't fucking know. But um, I've got one in the oven right now. I'm taking it to Christmas breakfast tomorrow at fucking Phil's place. 
um, and I'm super excited about it. They didn't have the the round loaf at the bakery, so I just got a normal loaf of bread uncut, and uh, I can't wait for that to be as big of a hit. <sighs> I was going to talk about one other thing. Should I talk about this book that I read? And then I reckon it'll be it. I, I don't know whether I should talk about this, though, because I didn't... I want to, I'll talk about the book. Um, and then this will be the last thing I talk about. Maybe I'll be able to get angry or maybe I'll just dismiss it and we'll be done in 30 seconds. I just finished reading this book, um, I Love You Dick by Chris Krause. Uh, Chris Cross. <laughs> yeah, she wrote a book. Go on, make fun of her for her name. <laughs> you fucking loser. <laughs> What's your name again? Chris Cross. All right, well, you're a well-respected author. Uh, good on you. <laughs> Your name sounds like fucking, uh, what's it called? Norton Cross. Your name sounds like a fucking gameplay by children. Huh? How about that? Bet you never thought of that, did you? With your words. Chris Krause. The book's called I Love Dick. It's about a lady who loves, falls in love with a man called Richard. Ha 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 ha. And, um, a friend of mine gave it to me who, like, we're kind of into giving each other books. Um, she recommended, or no, she didn't even recommend, she just gave it to me and she's like, it's supposed to be, it's very big right now. And, uh, you know, the back thing is like all these people, Lena Dunham and blah, blah, blah. And all these people were like super stoked on it. And, the, and they're saying it's a great bit of feminist literature. And it's the, uh, the, one of the quotes is like the most important book on, about men and women in the last, however long, some superlative, you know? And, um, so I was excited as fuck to read it. I've been trying to read more female authors this year, which I think I have. I haven't got a list down, but I think I've read like five or six. I've probably read half and half female and male authors this year, I reckon. Um, so that good. And I'm excited to read it. And it's like a feminist thing. I'll get a new perspective. I start reading it. This fucking, it's like autobiographical from what I can tell, but it's also not even really a novel. There's no story there. It's very... Like, the first half of the book is a series of letters. Her and her husband go to... uh, Her husband's like a university lecturer and she's like a failed academic slash filmmaker and they go to this guy's house and they have an evening dinner party there and uh, she feels a connection to him and so she tells her husband and then they start writing him unrequited love letters or letters about their connection. And it all gets very heady very quickly. It's really like academic... The thing that infuriates me about it is the whole first half is just transcripts of letters that they write him, right? So that's an interesting way to propel the narrative. But the way that they fucking write, and I don't know if this is the author or if this is the character, because she, she, like, you know, she names herself, so the, it's autobiographical. But I don't know if it's the character of her in the book that I'm, that I hate or if it's the author, like, I don't know if you're supposed to hate the character or if the author thinks that this is normal, in which case I fucking hate the author. She keeps it. It's all like so inaccessible. Like, you know, when you read a book and there's like a little bit like a word in Latin or French and it's in italics and they put that in there and you're just supposed to understand, right? Like ad hominem is like an easy one, like an attack of fucking, you know, the argument thing when you attack the person rather than the argument and they'll put that in the book oh and he retorted with the ad hominem and it's like you there's no like this is what this means or whatever you just have to understand and it's a it's a it's a carryover from when everyone used to learn latin and french and european languages and those were the people who read books and so it's still seen as like in vogue to do that so in vogue is another one it's still seen as like fashionable to do that stuff this book 
takes that to the next fucking level because it starts quoting all of these authors and passages that you've never fucking heard of and there's no explanation and it's like I just I, they're talking about like Beauregard and like some philosophers that I've heard of and then some names that I've like never even heard of and it's like who is this fucking book for because I don't want to fucking toot my own horn because I don't even think it's necessarily a great thing but I know, I'm fairly well read in this kind of stuff if I gave this book to... Blake would never be able to read this kind of stuff. And if you want to talk to people, you should be talking to fucking everyone. Not cunts who went to private school like me. You should be talking to everyone. It's so annoying when people write and or just act like they're... Oh, you should understand this. It's like, I don't have time to read your fucking favourite author or your favourite fucking philosopher so I can understand some cunty reference in your fucking book. Alright, it just it really fucking annoyed me that that seemed to be who this book was talking to because the feminist movement, if we're going to try and fucking progress it and the agenda that we're all trying to push forward, I think it's an important thing, right? Equality for everyone. If we're going to further that kind of cause, we have to be talking to everyone. People can't be sitting up there in their fucking ivory towers going, why can't the masses understand some Latin bullshit? Fuck you. Oh, it made me so angry. I'm good. I'm glad that I could summon real anger. It made me so fucking angry reading this book and just feeling like I was locked out of the understanding of it. And there was one point about two thirds of the way through when um, she, one of the authors who she'd been referencing, David Rattray, who she keeps referencing through the whole book, she kind of lets on, because she also keeps talking about like what, how she was in the New York art scene in the 70s and 80s, and it's very like socialite, you know, her husband is a fucking lecturer, and this guy Dick who she's in love with is an academic as well, and she's failed to make any inroads into that world, I guess the idea is because she's a woman. Um, so people don't take her seriously or they don't talk to her. They talk to her husband and through her husband to her. And uh, she keeps referencing this guy, David Rattray. And um, and then about two-thirds of the way through the book, she starts talking about, like, she kind of lets on that he wasn't read by very many people. Like, you know, like a couple hundred or a couple thousand or something. Books sold, died a heroin addict or whatever. And it's like... That was the there was that was the only point when I was like, maybe the author is doing this on purpose. Does she know? Am I supposed to hate the main character? Is she supposed to be, uh, what's the word? Like, is she supposed to come off as too well read and smart for her own good? Is that the whole point? That she's lost up her own ass and can't communicate with the world because she's too entrenched in this academia. But even so, I, it's, even if I take that as like a premise that I have to accept in the book or whatever or feel that way towards her, I still don't, that doesn't leave me, that doesn't lead me anywhere interesting. I just, okay, I hate the main character. All right, you wrote a book where I hate this main character. I spoke about it to my friend. The, the one thing that's stopping me from just completely dismissing it, and I did finish it, and fuck, it was hard work just picking it up 10 pages at a time and just being like, oh, I hate every fucking sentence. <laughs> the only thing that kept me believing in it, other than the fact that it evidently is so popular and it was written ten, 20 years ago, but it's just now coming into fashion and blah, blah, blah with the zeitgeist. The only thing that kept me going was 
that on some level, I guess it is impressive to be able to elicit that, like love and hate, two sides of the same coin, right? The fact that I had such a visceral reaction to this character, regardless of whether it's positive or negative, that in itself is impressive. And I said that to my friend who gave me the book, who she hasn't read it yet. I was just like, this is blah, blah, blah. And I hate her. And I just spewed forth all the bile that I've just fucking screamed into this microphone now. And um, she was like, oh, that's exciting. Like, I'm excited that you're... I didn't expect this kind of reaction from it. And uh, she said, maybe the reason it's seen as feminist literature isn't... It's not trying to make some point. It's just because the female character is fully realized and stands on her own and isn't... Isn't defined in relation to the men in, in her life, you know? Which, I guess, right. And that the female character is allowed to be shitty and unlikable and she's still the protagonist and i was like okay yeah that's interesting but i still hate the book (laughs) it's like are we really at a point (laughs) where we if we want to be good feminists we have to put out shit that makes us hate where that makes people hate women (laughs) like people walk away from this book going fuck i hate the author and the version of her that's in the book Great, I'm a feminist, I guess. Like, <laughs> I know what point that serves. I don't understand. I just, it fucking completely went over my head and I'm upset because I thought I was smart. <laughs> it made me feel dumb. It made me feel dumb and it upset me that it made me feel dumb and I assumed that it would make other people feel dumb and so that's how I'm validating my hatred of it because like... <laughs> Maybe this is all just my insecurity. Maybe I'm a fuckhead and I just didn't get the book and now I'm trying to make that the reason why it's an objectively bad book. I just didn't like it. I fucking hated it. I hated every second I was reading it. And when I finished it, I didn't even read the epilogue or not the epilogue, the the outro shit where someone else was talking about it. Even though it would have been such a breath of fresh air to to just read some writing that was just normal prose that wasn't some... Ugh, just the way they were like, I even, I read some reviews of it when I was towards the end just to give me a bit more juice in the tank to keep me going because otherwise I needed to read more people saying how much they loved it to actually believe that there was still a point reading this thing. Um, Like, yeah, people were talking about how it's like some new genre. And that's referenced in the text as well. It's like in the book. They're like, it's a new, you know, the character in the novel, in her, she talks about how she's right. Oh, it just, it's so self-referential and meta. And they're like, it's a new genre. It's like, it's not a new genre. You wrote a bunch of letters and then you published them and then you wrote a bit of other stuff at the end. Go fuck yourself. New genre of fucking, more like fucking new genre of convincing people you're not shit when you fucking suck and you can barely write. You just read too much. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) my hackles are really up on this one god damn it i hated that book that's the podcast (laughs) that's it i hope you guys have a merry christmas fucking love your families get drunk tomorrow i'm i can't wait to get drunk tomorrow and uh catch a flight drunk hopefully not miss it and then be back in adelaide thank you guys for listening this has been sitting under a tree I'm Aiden Taco Jones. Thank you very much. Peace.